Our Father in heaven, Lord, as we open up your word, Lord, I pray that your spirit will be here. And that, Lord, as we break off pieces of bread and eat, that, Lord, we might be nourished, that we might be filled, and that, Lord, that you'll prepare us, prepare our hearts for your word today, for we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. The sin condition. All of us have sinned. That's what scripture says. We can't deny it. It says it. That's the way it is. We've sinned. We deserve what? Death. It doesn't distinguish between one individual to another. We all deserve the same lot in life. That's what we deserve. You see, many times when you think about prison ministries, you think, wow, man, those people are really, really low and really sinners. Me, you know. Somehow, all of a sudden, we see different degrees of sin. When it states we've all sinned and fallen short. You see, when I, when I go into the prison and I see the eyes of the prisoners, I see those that have been beaten down, those that have said, I've had enough. Those that in their dark, small cells have cried out. They, they wish that they were dead. You see, that's why I'm here to tell you about Elijah. A great man of God. A man that had done many things in his life for the Lord. You see, he had, had served the Lord, brought down fire from heaven, destroyed an, an altar in the offering. He had been so bold that he parted the Jordan and went across on dry land. He was so bold and such a mighty warrior for God that he didn't let things stand in his way. Let's read 1 Kings 19, verses 1 and 2. It says this, Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a message to Elijah, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I don't make your life like that of one of them. Elijah got this message. And guess what? You know, if I got that message after I just served God, what would I say? After all the mighty things that God had done for me, and then I hear that Jezebel has issued a decree for me and my life to be destroyed. Man, I would stand strong. 
So I think. The very next statement. Elijah was afraid. Do you hear that? A mighty man of God. I'm getting a little bit of a ring. A mighty man of God says that Elijah, you hear here that Elijah was afraid. Then it goes on. He was afraid for his life. And when he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left the servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord. He said, take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. So here, he takes, he hears it, he's afraid, so he starts to run. He drops off his servant, and he continues on to walk into the desert. He finds a tree in which he settles down, and he says, Lord, I've had enough. Sounds like, just like I thought that those in prison said, Lord, I've had enough. Sin have caught up with me. I've had enough. Kill me. I don't want to live like this. And then he fell asleep underneath the tree to get rid of, so that, you know how sometimes, man, you just want to fall asleep so you don't have to deal with the problems that are going on within your mind? That's what went on with Elijah. He says, hey, had enough. I need to rest to fall asleep. Verse 5. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep, and all at once the angel touched him and said, Get up, eat. He looked around, and there by his head was bread, baked over coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank, and then he lay down again. Verse 7. Then the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by the food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Mount Horeb the mountain of God. God knew what he needed. He needed nourishment. And so the angel of the Lord came and touched him, and there he was fed. He slept. And one more time, the angel of the Lord touched him again. He ate, he drank. And he was heading out to the mountain. Isn't that great about God? He reaches down and touches us. When we think all is over, we want to die, he reaches down and touches us, he feeds us, he nourishes us, and says, I want you to carry on. 
Just like Pastor Dave, he talked about the 40 days. This is one of those times that the 40 days that he spent walking to Mount Horeb is a time that God replenishes, rebuilds, makes things known to us. And this is what happened with Elijah. We read on. Verse 9. There he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him. And the Lord asked, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been zealous for, for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. And I am the only one left. And now, <laughs> they're trying to kill me. Still, afraid of being killed, even though touched by the angel to wake up and to eat, but yet he was still feeling inadequate. How many of us, when we know what the Lord wants us to do, and we know that he's guiding us, we know what our job is. How many of us feel inadequate? And we don't realize that we have the power of the Lord. This is how Elijah was feeling. Verse 11. And the Lord said... Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore through the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind was an earthquake, but the Lord was not found in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not found in a fire. Had God shown himself to the children of Israel through these earthquakes, fires, and wind before? Yeah, he had been in them. Here Elijah saw all that was going on. He knew God controlled and had power over everything in the universe. Wind, fire, earthquakes. He knew that. But this was not how God was trying to communicate with him. He was trying to show him that he had the power. Goes on to say, And after the fire came, a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. And then the voice said again, What are you doing here, Elijah? You see, many times God wants to speak to us in a small whisper. You see, Elijah heard the small whisper. Elijah knew the voice of God 
And at that time, he went to the mouth of the cave and pulled his robe over his head because it was God and passing by. And he heard the whisper. And he heard God. And what was the question? Elijah, what are you doing here? Did God already know what he was doing there? Yeah, you bet. God knew. Why was he keep asking this question? Elijah, what are you doing there? Because Elijah didn't know for sure why he was there. And again, he replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord Almighty. God Almighty, the Israelites have rejected your covenant, tore down your altars, put, put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. See, he was saying to the Lord, I wanted to just let you know what was going on in Israel, just in case you didn't know. I wanted you to know what was happening and also, I wanted you to know they want to kill me, too. I'm the last one. I, he believed he was the last one to serve God left alive on this planet. That's what he thought. I am the only one. I had never been so bold. this was his thinking. And right away he said, the Lord said to him, go back the way you came. Go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, he told him to anoint Hazel, the king over Aram, and also Jeru, who, son of uh, Nishmi, king of Israel, and anoint Elijah, Elisha, son of Saphet and Abel, to succeed you as a prophet. Said, Jesu will put to death any who escapes the sword. Hazel will, and Elijah will put to death who escapes the sword of Je, Je, Jehu. Yet, I serve seven thousand, reserves in seven thousand in Israel, all those whose knees have not bowed down to Baal and those mouths have not kissed him. So, here, he was afraid of what was going on and he asked him, what are you doing here? He was still afraid of dying and so he said, hey, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go back, to continue your ministry, continue what you're doing. Don't be afraid. Go and anoint these people. Anoint these kings. If, these, if after they go after and kill those of, that serve Baal, if anyone escapes, 
then the other one will kill the, kill the rest of them. Don't worry, you're going to be protected. This is something that Elijah knew the whole time, or should have. The Lord had been with him all the time. When he said, hey, don't let it rain, it didn't rain. Not even the dew. When he said, let it rain, it rained. He knew what the prayer of a righteous man, a prayer of a man that had faith in God would do. But yet he still feared. Elijah's call. He says, church, what are you doing? Where are you? Are you in the game? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, church. You see, many of us are afraid to go into the prisons and to talk to those who we feel are sinners. Worse than what we are. We're afraid. God is calling you. What are you doing here? I challenge you today that God is talking to you not in the wind, earthquake, or fire, but he is talking you to you today in a whisper. He's calling out to you and saying, come, go back. You are the one I want to use. You are the servants and children of God. You are the ones I want to use to spread my gospel. So church, what will it be? Have you had enough? Do you want death? Or do you want to serve? 